Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Wilwer, a music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Trouble in Paradise by LaRue. So LaRue, a.k.a. Ellie Jackson, Eleanor Jackson, formerly uh, worked with uh, Ben Langmaid under the name LaRue, but for this album, Ben parted ways and Ellie continued under the name of LaRue. Yeah, and a real shame that they, I think it's always a shame when you read about people breaking up professionally or personally, but I have to say that this album for me is an absolute masterpiece and so potentially you know it was the right thing to do. High praise from you. Yes, and I'm sure I'll go much more into detail with that. And we're talking about this album today because it's actually five years since the first single Up Tight Downtown was released. And normally at this point we would go, oh, I can't believe it's been that long, that's gone quickly, but probably feels about five years actually. Well, it does, yeah. And also what's interesting is that it was five years between her first and second albums. And I remember thinking, that's quite a long time, Ellie or LaRue, uh, for your first, you know, for your, sorry, your first follow up. Um, but it has been five years and we still haven't got a whiff of album number three. And the first album as well was a big hit, critically and commercially. And it won a Grammy. Well done. Well done. Well done, guys. And this one is, I think in our opinion, just as good. Just as good. Do you know what? I honestly couldn't say which of the two I prefer because they have got such a different sound. That first album's all kind of really icy, 80s influence electronic synths. This one really is more tropical and also a bit of sort of 70s pop in there as well. And just a little bit more about Ellie herself. Uh, she was born on the 12th of March, 1988. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me revealing her age. Ooh, who knows? Uh, since she is younger than both of us. <laughs> Quite a lot more than some of us. And uh, she is, uh, pop fact, she is the daughter of Trudy Goodwin. Do you know who Trudy Goodwin is, Dan? Uh, of course, it's, uh, she was from, from the bill, wasn't she? She was, she was uh, June Ackland in The Bill, I think one of the long-time cast members of The Bill. And if you class yourself as a LaRue fan and you didn't know that, I'm here to tell you today, you're Get not out. a LaRue fan. Turn, turn your radio off. Turn your digital listening device off. Your dab. Uh, Are we on dab? Dab. Are we on DAB? No, we're just... Can you ask Alexa to play us? We've uh, only got Siri in the track-by-track offices, I'm afraid. <laughs> So I think we should get stuck in to uh, LaRue's uh, To Trouble in Paradise proper. So side one, track one. This is Uptight Downtown. Uptight Downtown. Downton. <laughs> How was that for an album opener for you, Will? Uh, it was lovely. This was the big comeback single, wasn't it? So all eyes were on this to hear what 
LaRue did next. Interestingly, although they've parted ways, Ben Langmay does have uh, writing credits on this track. So yes. Obviously one of the ones they were still working on together that kind of made it through. Do you know the, the theme, do you know the story behind this track? Uh, I don't know. It's about London riots, uh, the, Lo- the London riots back from August 2011. It's interesting because genuinely I've loved this album since the day it came out, but I've never really delved too deeply into the meaning of the songs. I've just, the sound of it is just taken over. For me, I absolutely love this real funk guitar that's going on, particularly through the chorus. And there were rumours that LaRue were working with Nile Rodgers, actually, before this album came out. And I, I don't know if that is true, but if it is, I can imagine that it was his influence that that really made this song work. Nile Rodgers rapidly becoming the Stuart Price uh, <laughs> of, of, our, of our podcast as we enter into 2019. Well, we're way, way into 2019, actually. We are. But I think, yeah, as you said, this was the first track and it just really highlighted that and sort of got people ready for do not expect a repeat of album number one because it didn't really have a lot in common with In For The Kill, did it? That was so 80s influenced and this was, you know, something completely different. What an album that first album was. And I'm sure we'll reference it again as we go through this week's episode. I'm sure it will. And and hopefully we'll come back to it. But I love the evolution just from track one on, on the new album. It's a bit warmer. I know the subject matter is tough. But it's a warmer sound to it. Well, and that album title, Trouble in Paradise, and again, that kind of paradise tropical theme is going to come up quite a lot in some of the song titles that we're going to listen to shortly. Let's move on. Track number two now. This is Kiss and Not Tell. and not tell will have you ever kissed and not told uh, i never like to kiss and tell mm. you're a gentleman uh, absolutely and thank you for acknowledging that and thank you finally for ignoring the sarcastic tone in my yeah. voice there uh, i've just gotten used to it <laughs> so this was the second single from to be released off the album what a fun song it genuinely is <laughs> a really fun song that piano it's just kind of Dabbling about there, it really is funny. It almost reminds me a bit of ABBA, this song. Dare I use the word whimsical It's at this point? It is rather whimsical. But what I like about it is, as the second single and also as the second track on the album, it's just kind of furthering that distance between the sound of this and the first album. Have you seen the video for this song? Not for a long time, but I do remember it was a, a fun video. Yeah, it was very fun all around, like uh, those old adverts you used to see in the 80s for... Uh, Telephone numbers. What sort of telephone numbers? You know. You've lost me. Adult telephone numbers. Oh. Oh, like at the end of Coronation Street where you could ring up and see what's happening in next week's episode, like a preview. (laughs) Nope. It's all about relationships, this song. Well, and... The problems you might have in relationships. It's good... To talk. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of these songs on this album, this is no exception to it either, 
they really build to a crescendo at the end of the song. And we had it already with Uptight Downtown. We've had it with this one. There are some coming up which uh, are phenomenal pieces of songwriting. I've been very, as soon as we put this album on our list, well, I'll be honest, I've been very excited to talk about it because it genuinely has been a favourite album of mine for a long time. And the next track, uh, track number three we're on to now, uh, Dan, I think it's a reference um, to that boy that you like down at the chip shop. It's Cruel Sexuality. I don't know if that's my favourite song on the album, but certainly is my favourite song of uh, Ellie's live set. I've seen that. I saw that song live at Glastonbury, and I think interestingly, you were there as well, weren't you? Yeah. We hadn't met yet, so it's quite nice that we were both there together. And that moment, I distinctly remember of just the the noise that went through the John Peel tent, and just the hands in the air and the light show. It's a real vivid memory for me of that. I've had some of the best times at Glastonbury in the John Peel tent. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw Goldfrapp last year, not two years ago, I should say, mm. uh, which was amazing. Um, saw Little Boots there. Yes. In, the, in my first ever one. Maybe more about her very soon on this podcast. Oh. It's a hint of a tease. Uh, Dan, I know Ellie has got a gal pal as well. Has she? A Cynthia. <laughs> Cynthia Sounds. Yes. Yeah, yes. and there are Cynthia sounds in that song, aren't there? Uh, it's some lovely Cynthia sounds, actually. Um, just just a lovely track, isn't it? And I think this is the third track, and we've not had a bum note yet. We really haven't. Inter- you know, that title, Cruel Sexuality, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't know a lot about Ellie herself. I don't know if she's gay and she has had issues with sexuality, but I think the lyrics, particularly towards the end of the song... Um, Oh, you make me happy in my everyday life. Why must you keep me in your prison at night? You know, they're very, quite vivid lyrics, aren't they? Mm. But as I said before, the song is such an upbeat anthem that you can't help but dance to it when you hear that live. And maybe that is the message. Maybe it is a a thing of empowerment. We don't don't know the message. and It's probably not about a boy that works in a chip shop that won't give you an extra battered sausage. But we'll never know. Good Lord. (laughs) You need to slap him with a wet fish. <laughs> slap the butcher. Um, but yeah, if you do get the chance to see LaRue live, I hope for your sake that she plays that song because it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that song. I, I would honestly say I'm gushing a bit today, actually. But I honestly say it's one of my favourite ever live songs I've heard. So while I give uh, Thames Water a call, uh, let's move on to track four. And this is uh, Paradise's When Paradise is you, uh, slowing things down a little bit. Certainly, yeah. I think it's a good moment to slow things down a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely. It's nice to have a little breather. And you don't get that. I don't, from what I recall, you don't get that on the first album. It's it's hit after hit after hit. Whereas this is that sort of, yeah, lush. I, I don't really like that word lush, but this song feels quite lush. Mm. I mean, as you know, I'm not too big a fan of some of the slower tracks, but I think this is, it's, it's lovely. I think lush is a nice word, actually. Yeah. You know, we won't see you swaying your arms at Celine Dion at Hyde Park this summer, will we? Uh, not unless we get uh, press tickets. Well, we won't be. Let's move on now to track number five, and this is Sexotech. Is my favourite song on the album. Really? Yeah, I I love. It's just got a real quirky beat and tone to it. And you are a member of the Sex of Tech, aren't you? So that it would go well. Do you know what this song is about? I've got a vague idea, but please enlighten me. Uh, it's about a man who has a girlfriend, but he prefers much seedier pleasures. Mm, guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. And I do believe that the Sex of Tech is an actual place that Ellie saw. Because I always thought it was made up like discotech, sexotech. But... Yeah, I thought it was just a kind of quirky play on words, but mm. uh, but no. It's a very fun song. I like that it's, um, it is very, it's like almost mid-tempo funk dance disco, isn't it? It's not as upbeat as Uptight Downtown, but it's certainly bop. You could imagine moving to this one if you heard it live. It's very cool, isn't it? I think when I think about this album, it's just effortlessly cool. Mm. And this it is, this is. As, is. as is Ellie herself. Well, she is actually, isn't she? This, around the time of this album, I remember she was wearing these huge, like, almost flare-like trousers. But she pulled them off. Not literally. She wasn't <laughs> like a... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a book sphere's moment. <laughs> Sorry, Ali. Time to move on. <laughs> I, like, I like how quickly you switch there. You bring that professionalism back. Uh, always professional. Mm. Always on recording. So, time to move on now. Track six. This is Tropical Chancer. So that was Tropical Chancer. That is so relaxed and so funky and synthy. I just want to open a can of lilt. Or oh, red stripe. And dance on the beach. Yeah. Or not even dance. I just want to uh, sway on the beach, I think, to that one. Yeah, I completely agree. I like how... I really like Ellie's voice in this one. I think it's very different because it's so... The voice, like the lilt and the mood of the song, is so laid back. And it's probably... From what I can remember, it's that's her voice at its most smooth and laid back. And if I'm not mistaken, Will, there's a couple of 
samples in that song. You're bang on there, actually. Can you name them? So one, I believe, is from Grace Jones, which is my Jamaican guy. Are you a fan of Grace Jones? Legend Grace Jones. Remember yeah. remember Hyde Park? So yeah, we saw her as part of British Summertime, didn't we? A few years ago, no. It was no. a Kylie Minogue date, and Grace Jones was on. Uh, it was Grace Jones, then Sheik and Nile Rogers, and then Kylie. So what a funk-filled evening that was. I was wondering if it was a Sunday as well. Lovely. Mm. Mm. And the other sample on there was from Stop, uh, which was performed originally by BWH. Mm. Not familiar with BWH. Um, and I don't know what it stands for. Do you know? Uh, bros with Hose. Really? I don't know. God, that would be good. That would work. Um, but I do know that this is the only track on the album that is co-written by Jeff Basker. And Jeff Basker has uh, written and produced for acts including Kanye West, uh, Jay-Z, Mark Ronson. Uh, so a little bit more of that urban R&B sound, I would say. And I think that comes through in the song, doesn't it? It does. Track number seven now. This is Silent Park. That's seven minutes there of LaRue goodness. And for me, I think it's the track that reminds me most closely to the sound and the more kind of electronic sound of the first album. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. But I don't think it's... I don't think it would have fitted on the first album, but I think it's the most... the most similar. I just love the relentlessness of this song mm. and that it's that bass that really drives this one and that bass uh twinned with the sort of i don't know how to describe this sound so it's almost like a doo -doo, together makes me think of some sort of heavy duty train plowing through the album yes it's relentless and it does remind me of the bass line from the theme tune to the raccoons Oh, that was fantastic. Remember that? Yeah. The I just, Yeah, The Raccoons was a fantastic... Is it even on anymore? Is no. It's long, long gone, but very of its time. Very heartbreaking in a way. Yeah. There was Cyril Sneer. Bert. The little and dog. Did Bert have a girlfriend? I can't remember the name of the girlfriend. Mm. Let's call her Ellie. Ellie. Yes, Aww. how appropriate. Yeah. That's a lovely... That's a pounder. That's a great example of one of those album tracks that's kind of... Almost at the end of the album, that's like an extra long, extra juicy uh, cut. Yeah. And actually, this is a great time to talk about. We talked about it many, many, many months no, ago. No, no, no. I'm not, not ready yet. Oh, something else. Sorry. <laughs> um, LaRue's work with New Order on Music Complete. We talked about way, way back. That's our third ever episode, actually, back in September last year. So it's, you know, months and months ago. Um, but all of those tracks were quite longer tracks, weren't they? They weren't sort of, they wouldn't have been involved in Eurovision. And this, I think, is that kind of just relentless song. And you and I really love that, don't we? It's a shame we can only ever play 30-second snippets of songs because, you know, this is a seven-minute 
heaven. Let's move on to track number eight now. And Dan, just I haven't forgotten about that Eurovision shade you just threw there, just to let you know. So uh, track number eight, penultimate track, and it's a corker, actually. It really is. This is Let Me Down Gently. You like that one, don't you? That is my absolute favourite song on the album, yeah. Uh, it's a great... It starts off very slow, and then, again, one of the things we love is it builds up and it builds up. Yeah, and this, I think actually more than any song, it, when it builds up, you've got that initial sort of layer of the melody and the almost vocal-only introduction, uh, and then you've got that synth that kicks in with a kind of quite robotic sound and then you've got the sax and then you've got the vocal layers and it just becomes this huge huge sound um but yet still it is really a very i'd call it a sun-kissed ballad i love how cold and icy her voice can sound almost a little bit harsh in some points yes this it just it does remind me of we mentioned before actually how or i, I said before i should say how I felt like the first album was very 80s and this was very 70s, but actually this song makes me think of a real 80s ballad. I think it's a saxophone that does it. And and some, and some I hate to talk about Duran Duran in every episode. Oh I my do. God, here we go. But Duran Duran's Save a Prayer is such a fantastic synth-led ballad that you know, had that legendary music video filmed in Sri Lanka and this song, as soon as I heard this song, I thought this is in that category. And I think this was the buzz track, wasn't it? I think it was. I think it was. Uh, I just got to, before you talk about Duran Duran anymore, let's move on. Well, can I just say one one more thing? It, okay. If it's, so long as it's not, yeah, go on. Okay. I just wanted to point out, actually, I know, I, maybe I could have said it after the next song, but that it's um, Alan Mulder, uh, doing the mixing on this album. Now, we don't really ever talk about who's doing the mixing on the album. We talk about the producers and things. But he has worked with an incredible list of artists, including The Killers, Suede, White Lies, Interpol. Um, and I just think it's worth pointing out his name, Yeah, Yeah, Yes, as well. Um, because clearly he's... Uh, I, I think listing some of those acts, I can hear that influence... That may be darker. Have we spoken about White Lies on this podcast before? I don't think we have. I don't think we have, and I would love to. Yes, absolutely. I've been enjoying some of their music quite recently, and it's it's phenomenal. It's interesting you say that, actually, because I mentioned before how there are rumours of Ellie working with Nile Rogers on this album. There's also rumours, and maybe there's some truth in that she was working with White Lies um, on the follow-up to the debut. Interesting, very interesting. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. <laughs> right, we're on to the last track of the album, track nine, short album. Mm. Uh, don't worry, there's further listening as well. This is track number nine. This is The Feeling. When it's
So that was The Feeling, the last track proper on the album. And what a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork. We know this is when it's your least favourite song. Does that mean you're disappointed with the end of the album? I'm not disappointed, uh, just angry. No, <laughs> no. You're livid. I think, to be honest, this is the my least favourite track of a very good bunch of tracks. It's not that I really dislike it, it's just it's the most appropriate time to talk about the artwork. Uh, what a beautiful piece of work the artwork is. It is. It's Ellie herself uh, sitting on the bonnet of a car uh, in a tropical paradise. She's uh, wearing those flares that I mentioned earlier, but she hasn't pulled them off here. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that Ellie herself, uh, alongside Alexander Brown, were very involved in the design and art direction uh, for this album, including the cover itself. It's a lovely... I'm just trying to... I can't quite put my finger on what it reminds me of. Almost... I want to say Andy Warhol, but I'm not... I don't... It is a little bit sort of screen print Andy Warhol style, isn't it? I'm a big fan of this cover. I like that it doesn't say LaRue or Trouble in Paradise on there. It is a piece of art in itself. I love that. When an album is confident enough, it doesn't have to put anything on the front. Yeah. To let you know what it is. Definitely. Um, Going back to the song for a second... Interestingly, this is the only song on the album that was solely written and produced by Ellie herself. So, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> burn. But no, I think, do you know what? I think it's fantastic that she has included that because she obviously has a huge influence on these. But I don't think it's a bad thing that for you and actually probably for me, the the song on the album that isn't the strongest is the one that she worked on alone because we both like the song, but we prefer it when she's collaborating and... And working with other people to get the maybe to get the best out of herself. Hmm, absolutely. So time for some further listening. Dan, I'd love for you to go first. Super. So obviously we don't have a great deal to work with here with Lavery. There's only one album that came before this and a few singles with remixes and B sides and whatnot. Interestingly today when I was doing my research, I found a version of In For The Kill which featured Kanye West which I'd never heard before and I did share on Twitter and there were some some other people who had never heard it. Had you heard it before? I hadn't heard it before. Interesting. And I hope it's not your further listening. It's not my further listening choice. Thank goodness for that. Uh, My further listening choice is actually a much more recent release. So this is from last year but it's LaRue as a featured artist. So this is a song called The Best Of It and it's by a band called White Horses. I really enjoyed that. Good. I'm glad you did. It's very, it's not very LaRue, is it really? It's uh, quite psychedelic. It's quite sort of French, French psych pop almost. Mm. Um, very funky, very retro. Yeah. And so White Horses, I didn't know a great deal about them. As mentioned before, I only knew them from this song. They're a, a collective almost uh, of ever-changing uh, collaborators and, yeah, this is a song that LaRue joined in on. They've also collaborated with Badly Drawn Boy, amongst others. Lovely. So, Will, 
What is your LaRue further listening? I'm going to go back to the first album era and for a remix that was very popular at the time. Oh, I think I can guess it, but I shan't give it away. It's In For The Kill and it screams Let's Get Ravy Remix. Obviously, a huge hit and a great record. This was doing the rounds at the time as, an, as a really great alternative version. It was very, um, for the most part, much more pared down. Yeah, and it, but it, the Let's Get Ravy remix, and we certainly did get Ravy. You reminded me of uh, Tracy from Big Brother 7 there. I don't know if you remember her. <laughs> uh, quite the raver um, in that all-female beginning series. And if you understand and get the reference, you're in the right place, probably. You're listening to Track by Track. I really like it. I think it was sort of as important as the single version, wasn't it really, that remix? It was huge. It was, and it's a nice uh, juxtaposition to the original track. I think we've purposely left the body of the first album alone, because we might come back to it. I think it would be a, a crime if we didn't. But of that remix, I just want to say what I really like about that, what I almost really appreciate about that as a LaRue fan is that the beginning where the the instrumental is almost just a really low bass hum LaRue's Ellie's vocal I should say just, you say low bass hun or low bass hum hum oh, sorry sorry hun <laughs> um, her vocal just shines and carries that and I think that just shows what um, an iconic vocal she has got because you know it's her don't you oh abso- absolutely we're out of time. What a shame. What a great album. I really thoroughly enjoyed listening to the album. I've, I've been listening to it in the run-up to this. I'm going to continue listening to it. And I cannot wait, Ellie, if you listen to this, I cannot wait to hear LaRue live again. What Ellie, do, what Ellie did next. Mm. What will Will do next? Sounds like a BBC Three documentary. <laughs> so that's it for this week. Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's to come next? Uh, certainly. So next week we have another British female solo artist. Um, this was the debut album from this singer slash producer. And it's celebrating 10 years since the release. So to say anything more would be to give it away. So join us again. I genuinely don't think I've given away this No, week. it's nothing. Just no clue. It's uh, it's wide open for next week. So uh, thank you for listening. Please do rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can get this strange thing that we do out to more people, uh, have more people enjoy some of the artists that we're discussing week by week. Yes, and join in the conversation with us. Let us know what you think of LaRue and Trouble in Paradise and the first album as well. Uh, you can do that on Twitter at move to Trash UK. Hashtag track by track. And if you're in the mood for another podcast, trash is full of them. So there is Torn Stubbs, the trash movie podcast, which you can find by giving some sort of sh- some sort of search on there, I am sure. That was difficult to say. <laughs> so until next time, I've been Ella Jackson. 
And I've been Sergeant June Ackland. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>